Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is the biggest Tom Brady fan on this podcast, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I feel like this is a big insult to you guys who are actual Tom Brady fans. Well, I do not like Tom Brady that much. Uh, See, so, Trevor, really, that's just an insult on you at the end of the day. I don't think um, that's but true. We're, uh, what did you say? Sorry? I don't think that's true because I think you actually secretly really love Tom Brady. You may mask your you know, your disgust with Tom Brady mm-hmm. and how good he is, but I think secretly you actually really like him. Yeah, yeah, and Baker Mayfield's my favorite quarterback. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on, sure. Uh, ben, ben O'Brien, of course, is here with us. Uh, and to introduce Ben, Ben is actually, uh, he hates Joe Burrow. He hates him so much. Ben, how are you doing today? All right, if we're just going to, like, I don't want to lie to the people listening. That's just, that's just bad. Like, that's, that's unprofessional on our part if we're just going to just say these blatant lies to people. Because then they're like, what are they going to believe? But I will say, Brandon, if we're going to base your favorite quarterback off of who you like to talk about the most, that's Baker Mayfield by that far. That is true. I mean, and Tom Brady's you, number two. You love talking about the guy. I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I will, I will so say if, I talk about If we're about going that often. way, then you must like them because you love talking about them more than their actual fans do. So I don't know. There's something, there must be something to that. I don't know if more than their actual fans, but I do talk about them a lot. But let's let's you know really get into this episode and start it off for today. we got a great one planned. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of college basketball. Uh, we had some good double-ranked games this week, starting off with Auburn and Kentucky, Trevor. Yeah, exactly. So Auburn, you know, they've been on a tear. They continue to win, and they had another big test yesterday against uh, Kentucky. Obviously, Kentucky, you know, historically, they've kind of ruled the SEC, especially since, you know, John Calipari has taken over the reins there. Kentucky, you know, they've they've kind of been the kings of the SEC, and, and everyone knows that, whether you're a huge college basketball fan or a casual college basketball fan. You know that Kentucky is normally the best team or one of the best teams uh, in the SEC. However, this year, Auburn um, has, you know, kind of kind of made their statement here. Another win for Auburn. Uh, they're number two in the country. They beat Kentucky in this game, 80-71, to and right now, Auburn is kind of the kings of the SEC. I mean, just another really good game from them. Uh, you know, you have Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, uh, you know, in the front court there. And it's just a really great duo. Walker Kessler, 19 points in this game, seven rebounds, um, you know, very efficient shooting. He was eight of 10. Jabari Smith had 14 points, seven rebounds. So, you know, they really just have a really good thing going um, over. Uh, with Bruce Pearl and uh, the Auburn Tigers. And they're super fun to watch as well. You know, they have a lot of talent. Now they have this experience. And, you know, it's interesting. There's been a few teams that have kind of come out of nowhere and, and turned out to be really good. Auburn is one of them. And Arizona is another one who's kind of, in a way, come out of nowhere. It's not like people thought these teams were going to miss the tournament. Like Auburn was kind mm-hmm. of, they weren't preseason top 25, but they were like, you know, one of the next teams. And I think Arizona, I think it was a similar situation, I want to say, uh, where they both maybe were projected tournament teams, but no one expected them to be like top five team, top five teams, which is what they are right now. Um, so Auburn, you know, they just continue uh, their great play um, here this season. Uh, the next game that I wanted to mention, uh, Michigan State, uh, the Spartans, another favorite of Brandon's. They beat uh, the Wisconsin Badgers 86-74. Uh, really solid game, you know, Wisconsin was kind of uh, on a run for a little bit there as well, but now here they fall to Michigan State in this one. Uh, Michigan State, they're, they're a team that doesn't really have a clear star. You know, it's kind of like uh, a group of really solid players, but there's no one star in their team. Obviously, they do have, um, you know, a couple talented players on their team for sure. You, you obviously have to. You have Tom Izzo. You know, so Michigan State, you know, they're they're in the mix. You know, they're not... I don't think they're in that top group of teams with like a, a Gonzaga and Auburn and Arizona, maybe a Purdue, you could throw in there, Duke. Um, but they're, you know, they're in the mix. Michigan State's looked very solid overall. Uh, final game that I wanted to mention um, from last week is Purdue and Illinois. Purdue uh, beat Illinois. This game was on Monday, Martin Luther King Day, so it was a day game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of it. I wish I would have, but I had to work. Um, but it was a two-overtime game. Purdue did get the win. Um, over Illinois, and uh, this was just an incredible game. Um, You know, Illinois didn't really have uh, a statement resume game where it's like, okay, Illinois, they've been very solid. They're on this 
winning streak here, but they need like a big time win, you know, where they could potentially jump into the conversation of a one seed, two seed, three seed. Um, and this was their opportunity against Purdue. They were at home. They had an opportunity to beat the fourth ranked Purdue Boilermakers, and they couldn't quite get it done. They were very close, but they couldn't quite do it. Um, regardless, you did have some good games um, from a couple of the Illinois players. You know, you had uh, Kofi Coburn. He had 10 points in this one. A little bit of a underwhelming game by his standards. But you did have Alfonso Plummer, uh, the senior, who really um, has been a little bit of a surprise for me this season. Not a player that I knew a lot about, um, but he had 24 points in this game. Um, but despite that, Purdue did get the win. Jaden Ivey, 19 points. Um, getting to the free throw line, uh, he shot 15 free throws in this game. So Jaden Ivey really uh, caused a lot of problems for the defense. Uh, Jaden mm-hmm. Ivey, you know, Another huge, he's one of the biggest prospects we have in upcoming drafts. So college basketball this season, it, it's really been, you know, it's been an interesting season because there has been plenty of parity, which is what we look for. That's certainly what we look for in March. And I think that's going to continue for the most part. Um, there Again, like we've said multiple times, there's no great team, really. There's no dominant Gonzaga team from last year, you know, Baylor, they did look like they might be that team, but then we saw them lose two games in a row. So in general, there's really no dominant team, which I think makes things more interesting. Uh, Brandon, I know 100%. you also like parity. So so what do you think about that? The fact that there's really no dominant team this year. That's, I mean, that's like the best thing you could possibly have for college basketball. It's going to make the tournament 10 times more fun, you know, instead of having only a couple teams. And, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. You know, you look at like the, the, the MLB especially, I mean, it's, it's boring to see the same couple teams be great every single year. College basketball gives us this wonderful, uh, I guess, you know, time to see all these teams play together, and there's complete parity. And honestly, normally there is a lot of parity, even when there is kind of these dominant teams. Mm-hmm. But this year especially, we're seeing such great games, you know, in this season because of, you know, the, the there's not these just great teams. And I feel like there's not, like, an, an enormous amount of, wonderful wonderful prospects i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong trevor um but you know there definitely is you know some players that are better than others that'll be drafted higher um but there's a lot on these good teams that are just older teams you know yeah i I mean definitely and like you said yes college basketball it's kind of known for being the sport of parody right you see a ton of that in ncaa tournament uh but this season i think compared to at least last season even it's even more so just because we did have Gonzaga, you know, go undefeated until the title game. We had Baylor, who was mm-hmm. pretty dominant for the most of the year. Um, last thing, just want to mention some games for the upcoming week. Uh, back to the Arizona Wildcats that I mentioned briefly. Uh, they're going to play UCLA. So uh, this game is on Tuesday. It's the biggest game we've had so far, probably in the Pac-12 conference. It's probably the biggest game we've had. Um, there have been a few games in the past that have gotten canceled um, in the Pac-12, you know, due to COVID. So this game is definitely uh, highly anticipated, definitely a must-watch. It is a late game, so if you're on the East Coast, uh, it's at 11 p.m., you know, a little rough for you guys, uh, 10 p.m. for me, so I might catch a little bit of it. But, yeah, Arizona-UCLA, huge game, uh, two top mm-hmm. 10 teams. Uh, next one I want to mention on Saturday, we have the Big 12 and SEC Challenge. So there's two really good games. Well, there's more. I mean, you could argue there's more than two. But the two best from the SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge, in my opinion, are Kentucky and Kansas and Baylor and Alabama. Um, Alabama's been a team that has kind of slipped a little bit here. Um, they're not necessarily playing up to what their potential was at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I, I think they're they're starting to maybe get it back together. And here they have a big opportunity to get a great win against uh, a Baylor team who uh, is ranked inside the top 10. So big opportunity for Alabama on that one. Of course, a lot of good college basketball games coming up. Um, so we're actually going to get to a little bit of a new segment today. Uh, instead of randomly ranked, we're actually going to go and do a little bit of a start bench cut. Um, so you know, something we're going to play around with, see if you guys like the segment. Uh, I'm excited for it. So, so uh, Trevor, who are the three players that will be up for dispute today? Yeah, so I was thinking of this yesterday, and that's why, that's why we kind of wanted to do this topic. Uh, so, you know, watching Ryan Tannehill play yesterday, watching Jimmy Garoppolo play yesterday, I thought it'd be interesting to do a segment. Now, the three quarterbacks I have that uh, I was kind of debating between are Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mac Jones. So essentially, it's those three quarterbacks. Um, we're going to we're gonna say, we're going to give our opinions on who we would start bench and cut. Um, mm-hmm. So, Brandon, did, did you want to start, 
or or, or Ben? Do you? Yeah, have... sure, sure. Okay. So we have Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and and who was the third? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. I I don't I don't think this is that difficult. I really don't think this is that difficult. So here's the thing: we got Mac Jones. He's young. We've seen one season of okay play that potentially could be like kind of the peak of his play. We don't really know because he's young, but it seems like. You know, it was a lackluster year for all the rookies, really, collectively. No great rookies, I think, this year in terms of play. Very promising class, but we got Garoppolo, who's just an average quarterback. You know, the nine, he's leading the Niners now, though, even though he played terrible in these most recent games. Um, and then we got Tannehill. Personally, I like a lot, uh, even though the Titans didn't pull it out yesterday. And he made a horrendous throw at the end of the game uh, that kind of sealed the deal. But here's what I would do. I am starting Tannehill. I'm benching Jones, and I'm cutting Garoppolo. And to be honest, Garoppolo and Jones are kind of close because I feel like Jones's potential maybe could surpass Garoppolo, but it seems like that's where his career is gonna head. Um, especially since like Garoppolo's got a ton of weapons over there, a ton of weapons. Kittle and Debo Samuel are, are great, great players. So I think that's what I'm gonna go with. That's gonna be my three. Ben, I'll, I'll let you go next. Uh, where would you put these this trio? So, Brent, I'm actually kind of surprised, but I did not think you were gonna go in that direction. Um, and here's why: because I I look at Mac Jones and I look at his inexperience as at least in this case that's gonna benefit him in, in my eyes because I don't I don't know what he's capable of. I see his potential, so I'm gonna use that as I think he can be a good quarterback. Um, again, I guess other people could look at it as why well, I just don't know anything about him. I can't, you know, rate him in this spot because I, I just don't know. I haven't seen what he can do. But I'm going to start Mac Jones. I am. Because I think he's got the most potential out of those three. And again, maybe it's because I haven't seen him play, so I don't I haven't seen him screw up as much as the other two. But I don't know. I just think if I'm taking all three of those players, even in the same system, let's say they all have Bill, Bill Belichick, I think Mac Jones has the most talent at least from what I've seen. Um, I think he has the most accuracy, which I've said before on this podcast, is by far, I, at least in my opinion, the most important thing you need to have as a quarterback is accuracy is actually really impressive. Um, so I'm going to start Mac Jones, even though I've only guess, I've only seen one year of him. Uh, and what I'm going to do is, I think I'm going to bench Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to bench Garoppolo, I'm going to cut Tannehill. And here's why. Kind of on the opposite spectrum of, of I haven't seen enough of, of Jones, and I'm going to use his potential as a boost for him. I'm going to use Tannehill's experience as you know, a, a hindrance for him. He's played 70 more games than Jimmy Garoppolo has. Um, so he's going to have better stats in terms of yards and touchdowns, but I've seen more of what he can do and what, in I guess in the same aspect, more of what he can't do. Um, and I, I don't think they're, they're very far apart in terms of their talent and in terms of what their ceiling is. But at the same point you made about Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, he's got a bunch of weapons, but so does Tannehill. I think Tannehill's got a bunch of weapons on that team. He's got the best running back in the NFL when healthy. He's got A.J. Brown on his team, who is, you know, what, top 10, maybe top 5 receiver in the NFL. He played phenomenal in the game against the Bengals yesterday. Um, he's got Julio, who I guess can be a good player. He's got talent, okay? He's got a decent de decent offensive line. They're not great, but they're not bad. Um, so I think Garoppolo and Tannehill both have a lot of weapons around them, and Jimmy Garoppolo, simply put, has done more with, with the weapons around him than Tannehill has. And again, a lot of that might not be in their control, but... For the sake of this argument, I'm going to say that I'm going to put Jimmy Garoppolo over Tannehill because I've seen what he can do. He took a team to the Super Bowl. And yeah, you could say, well, he didn't take the team to the Super Bowl. That defense was phenomenal, and obviously he had weapons around him. But he took a team to the Super Bowl. He just beat the Packers yesterday. So I'm going to use that as kind of the tiebreaker, I guess, the the leverage that Garoppolo has over Tannehill. So I'm going to I'm going to start Mac Jones. I'm going to bench Garoppolo, and I'm going to cut Tannehill. That's my final, final Interesting. Ranking. Interesting. I, I'm... I'm surprised there's a lot of I really, deviation, Brandon, especially the Tannehill I really hate. Thought, I really thought you would kind of agree with me. I didn't know that you were that high on Tannehill. I like I Tannehill I, I a lot. Known. I actually don't think he's that bad. Um, okay. Not who I particularly want as my quarterback. He's not great at all, but I don't think he's that bad. Trevor, now I'm super interested to hear what you have to say. <sighs> where, where are you putting these, this trio? Oh, man. So I, I've been going back and forth because <laughs> I, I really think it's incredibly close. And... I, I was very close to agreeing with exactly your order, Brandon, uh, but I did I did have one change. So I, I have Tannehill as the one I would start. Now, before yesterday, I would have said, Tannehill, I'm easily starting, but he was... Oh, recency bias, here no, we no, go. No, hold on, hold on. 
I because I'm still starting him. It's not recency bias. I'm still saying I start him, but as bad as he played yesterday, that's that at least gave me a cause to where I'm like, eh, I'm I'm a little more concerned about Tannehill, and I I didn't really think he was all that great to begin with. Like that was the reason I was doubting the Titans. That was the reason I didn't really think they had any shot to make the Super Bowl, frankly. Um, but I do still think we should start him, or I should I would start him because of the regular season that he did have, just looking at his statistical numbers compared to the other two. Um, um, Well, actually, what am I talking about? That's not even a good case. Um, (laughs) Ryan Tannehill, I I think basically the the history of what he has done, I think is maybe slightly above Jimmy G. And I get, yes, Jimmy G made a Super Bowl, but Ryan Tannehill, I think last year had a really good year. So I am using last year as a little bit of a point of of emphasis here and then Tannehill kind of um I I really think like with the weapons he has yes obviously that makes him better but like you said Brandon I think Garoppolo also has really good weapons so it's kind of like a history thing of putting um well it's a history thing of putting uh Jimmy G and Ryan Tannehill ahead of Mac Jones because I have Mac Jones last so I have Tannehill, I'm starting. I thought about putting Jones last. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm benching Garoppolo and I'm cutting Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I'm cutting him mostly because of the uh, experience level of like I need to see a little bit more. Like we saw one playoff game, and he was actually all right. Like the first couple drives, although they really had no chance against the Bills. But I've seen more, you know, evidence here with Tannehill and Garoppolo of occasionally they can be pretty good. Occasionally they can have their good moments. And Tannehill last year had a plenty of good moments, I thought, uh, with the Titans. I think even this year we've seen some of those at times when he's had um, the weapons healthy. And even when, when they've been injured, they've kind of found ways to win games. And that's how they got to the one seed. Um, with Garoppolo, there's just I, I feel like there's a sense of, like, just really stupid mistakes from Garoppolo that just come out of nowhere. Like, he could be playing well for, like, two, two and a half quarters, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's just, like, a terrible mistake. He just throws, like, one of the dumbest interceptions you've ever seen in your life. And I don't feel like Tannehill does that quite as much. So I guess it's super close, but I do lean Tannehill over Garoppolo. And then with Mac Jones, we have seen some good signs. He certainly has played really good in some games, like that Cowboys game earlier in the season. He played very well. Um, he played uh, pretty well in a few other games as well this season, um, like the Titans game, you know, and some of these blowout wins that they've had against pretty bad teams. But nevertheless, he's had some good games. But I think Mac Jones currently is last among the three. I think in here in a year or two, he might be uh, first, actually, uh, after we get a couple more years. But right now, I can't put him above those other two guys. Interesting, very interesting. All right, so we all had different ones. I thought we'd be, like, pretty similar. I guess Trevor and I were a little more similar. So did I. Yeah, I really thought it was all going to be pretty close. Um, but let's let's move on here uh, to the NBA. we got some interesting NBA storylines uh, to go over. So, Trevor, I'll let you start off. Yeah, so first thing I want to talk about is Nikola Jokic. Um, Nikola Jokic, you know, some people may say he's the MVP. You look at all the advanced numbers, uh, his stats— um, they the, the advanced analytics would agree. The, the stat nerds would probably agree that he should be the MVP. And he has been very good, obviously. Uh, that kind of goes without saying. Um, I did watch a little bit of the... Well, I watched a lot of their game um, against the... Uh, who did they play? I think that was Wednesday when I was watching them. Um, trying to find the box score. But Nikola Jokic was really good in this game. Um, he had, I think it was like 49... 14 and 11 it was just insane numbers he had 17 points in the third quarter and then in in fourth quarter and overtime in their win he really just kind of kept it going uh which was pretty incredible there from Nikola Jokic so he's been awesome um another player that's been really good is Joel Embiid Joel Embiid kind of has been I, I think he was named like the player of or I don't know if it's player of the month player of the week um for January something like that but Joel Embiid has also been very good he had 50 earlier this week. I think he had another uh, game where he scored 40-plus uh, for the 76ers. So Joel Embiid has really been on a tear. Yeah, he had 40 points on Friday against the Clippers um, in a one-point loss, but he was he did his part. He had 40 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, very efficient. And then in the game before, 50-12. and 12. 
So Nicole or Joel Embiid has been very good, and the Sixers, you know, they're they're making a little bit of a push here. You know, they're starting to you know win win some more games. Um, they are now in the six seed. They're at twenty six and nineteen, a game back from the Cavs for the five seed. So the Sixers, they're making a little bit of a push here, um, and I think they're a team that. I, I, although I don't think they're a contender for the title, I do think they are an interesting team that could create a lot of tough matchups uh, in the first round for a Miami or a Chicago or whoever they may face in the first round. Philly could be a very difficult matchup because you know you have to guard Joel Embiid. If you look at like the Bulls in particular, they have really struggled in the games when they played the 76ers earlier this year. So if the Bulls were to play the 76ers in the first round matchup, that could really be tough because they don't necessarily have like an interior big that's a great defender. Nikola Vucevic, um, he, he's he's all right at defense. Like he's gotten a little bit better this season, but that's not necessarily what he's known for. Um, you know, that's kind of an area of weakness for the Bulls. So great play from Joel Embiid. Uh, next thing I want to mention, um, there, was a, there was a dirty play. Uh, Grayson Allen, which there's a, there's a long history now. There's a long history now of him doing stuff like this. It goes back to Duke. And I thought, me being optimistic for Grayson Allen and for, yeah, just his, his career overall, me being optimistic, I thought he had finally learned. I thought that maybe he, he was finally done with these antics where he's tripping people or he's you know bringing down people for hard fouls. But this one uh, was not great. Um, there was a play in their game, uh, the Bucks game against the Bulls, on Friday night where Alex Caruso was driving to the basket, had a pretty you know easy dunk it looked like, and Grayson Allen kind of came behind him and completely kind of uh, just like took one swipe at the arm and then took his second arm uh, and swiped at the arm. Really wasn't a basketball play at all. Um, I would hope that Grayson Allen gets suspended for this because it wasn't uh, a good play at all. Um, but I guess I wanted to throw that to you, uh, Brandon. What, what, what do you think about this play? Um, obviously now Grayson Allen, uh, it's been a long history. It's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, so I saw this. I saw this on Twitter, um, and it was, it was a, uh, it was violent. And here's the thing. Ultimately, like, I mean, this is what Grayson Allen's been like. Like, it's not like surprising this happened. It's unfortunate. Um, so, I mean, in my opinion, I, I, I hope he gets a, a nice wake up call of, hey, we can't be doing that. You know, like we can't be doing any of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's just, it really sucks. Uh, you know, it's just, why, why do you got to do it? Just please, just, yeah, learn from it. But uh, anyway, uh, next thing, quickly mention, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, he's he's now injured. He's supposed to be out for, it looks like, around four-ish weeks. But then again, uh, it's hard to really know for sure. So they're going to have to, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to go through uh, the next few weeks without Kevin Durant, it's going to be tough. Obviously, Kyrie not playing home games, so they're going to have to figure out a way to you know keep afloat and keep winning these games. Uh, last thing, small baller player of the week, Bismack Biombo for the Phoenix Suns. Now, let me tell you a little bit a little bit about Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo last year played with the Charlotte Hornets, and he was I believe he was an unrestricted free agent. And I, I think um, he wasn't even sure if he was going to come back for this year. So he did not start this year on a team. January comes, and we have all these 10-day contracts coming out, right? You know, players are getting COVID. Um, so, you know, we have more roster spots open. And the Suns give Bismack Biombo a call and say, hey, do you want to come play for us? Like, yes, you know, we have DeAndre Ayton, we have JaVale McGee, but you could kind of be our third-string center in a sense, you know, you know, we have a great chance to win a championship. This is an opportunity where you can get a ring. And Bismack Beyond was like, yes, I, I, I like the situation. I love everything that the Phoenix Suns have been doing uh, the past couple of years now. I love this team. So he decides to come on for a 10-day contract. Really not even sure if he would play basketball at all this year. And Bismack Biombo, now with DeAndre Ayton missing the last few games, has been pretty good. Like he's been, um, you know, he's played a big role here on some of these Suns teams. You know, he's getting, you know, 20, 25 minutes per game in some of these uh, latest games. And last night in the Phoenix Suns win over the Indiana Pacers, 113-103, uh, Bismack Biombo had 21 points, 
13 rebounds and five assists off the bench. He was 9-12 from the field. He played 30 minutes. And this is pretty crazy for a guy in Bismack Biombo for, you know, his career. He only averages about, like, five or six points per game. This year with the Suns, he's averaging about eight points a game. And he had 21-13-5 against the Pacers. I think he had another pretty good game earlier in the week as well. But just wanted to give a shout-out to Bismack because, uh, you know, it seems like Phoenix, they just keep winning. And they find a way to, to get, you know, whether it's Aiton or JaVale McGee or Bismack Biombo. Uh, these guys step up, play their roles, and, you know, just shout out to him. The Suns continue uh, to be on fire here. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be exciting to see where they go moving forward in this season. Um, but let's let's continue on. We'll go to our uh, trivia segment for the day. Um, what is the current scoreboard, Trevor? So the current score is, Brandon, you are in the lead with 10 points. Uh, ben has 9. Oh, let's go. And I am in last with 8.5 points. All right. I am pulling up my random order generator right as we speak to see the order um, of who will be going. Let's see. So starting off will be me. I'm going to be asking Trevor. Trevor, you're going to ask Ben. And Ben, you'll be asking me. Um, so let's start it off. Uh, Trevor, here is your question for the day. Um, so Tom Brady has 15 Pro Bowl appearances, which is the most of any player. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like I said, 15. Who is the next current player that has the most, like the most, uh, the second most current player? Like, I don't know if I'm saying this for yeah, this first. Se- second most like, Pro Bowl appearances. The player that has the second most Pro Bowls behind Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is 15. Um, there are two players I see on my list right here. You can pick either one of them. There's two players tied, All for, I need is one. tied for the second most. Okay. Uh, so it's the second most current. The second most, there's players that have 14. These players do not have 14. Right, they're, they're current players. Okay. So Tom Brady, you said, has 15 Pro Bowl appearances. Uh, and then as far as current players, there are two players that are tied for, not the next most because there are players that are retired, obviously. Um, but guys who would be next up that are that are current players. Okay, so I, I can pick either one of them, and I get a full point. Either one of them, and you get the point. You just need to get one. What if What if I get both of them? Can I get two points? Hmm. Uh, ben, can we delegate over that? What do you think? I'll allow it. All yeah, right. So same thing for you though, Ben. Is you get a full point if you can get both. If he doesn't get both. Okay. So, all right, let's think about this. Um, yeah, and I and I guess, yeah, this is gonna be tough because, uh, let's see. Okay, so I mean, obviously your your mind your mind goes to the most important position, which is quarterback, right? And that's where you you start because if it's a quarterback, I can easily think of of who the players would be. So automatically, there's a certain guy that you know I'm not even gonna mention him again. I'm giving Ben hits. He, he probably knows it, um, but. I, I yes I know. Um, but there's a certain player that your mind immediately goes to, and you think, okay, maybe he's one of them. Um, so as far as quarterbacks, yeah, there there's him. Other than that, he's really the only one if it's going to be a quarterback, because there's yeah a lot of these other good quarterbacks have only played a few years now. Um, a lot of the best ones like Mahomes and Allen and you know other guys like that. So. Other other than quarterback, if you think about guys who are still active players in the NFL, some of these guys, some of these guys like might not even be very good anymore. Like they might just be on a roster and they might have been very good for a while, but now maybe they're just like they're just like fine, but they're not the same guy anymore. So it's gonna be tougher to think of guys like that. Um, but honestly, like I think I just have to go with my gut now the challenge is thinking of a second player right because yeah it's really tough to think of a second player because it's like could they really have you know 10 11 12 pro bowl appearances because that's probably what it is it's probably it's probably 9 10 11 it's probably something like that um i would imagine so i think i think i would have to guess aaron Rodgers. like that's gonna have to be like my one guess, or my my first guess of the two. So Aaron Rodgers, you you can lock that in. That's one of my guesses. Um, so okay, well, so I have a, I have a logistics question here. Yeah. 
Let's say you get one of the two correct, but not the second one. Do you get zero points? Do you get one point? I, I, I get one point. You, you, I get you one said point. if he gets one right, he gets one point. So I get yeah. one point. Oh, I thought that was would be you have to get both of them right to get... Oh, no. If that's the case, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, see, I think I think you got to get both of them right, because then, then it's basically giving you know, a one-point question to both of you. Okay, maybe you're right. I don't know. So I think we'll do it that way. You either have to get two of them or make one guess for, for one point. Okay, I'll just do that then. I'm making one guess. Yeah. I'm making one guess uh, to be safe. I'm doing Aaron Rodgers. That's my one guess. There aren't a ton of names that are really popping out um, other than him. So, yeah, that's my that's what I'm submitting. Aaron Rodgers, final answer? Yep. Aaron Rodgers is correct. He has 10 Pro Bowl appearances from 2005 to 2021 on this. Um, so great great job, Trevor. The other player, do you guys have guesses, either of you, who the other player is? I don't. Mm, nah, J.J. Watt? I don't know. No. The other player is Matthew Slater. Oh, wow. Special teamer. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the second player would have been difficult, so I think you made the right decision, Trevor, in getting the point. <laughs> yeah. Getting out of there. Yeah. Um, so great job. Trevor, you're up next asking a question to Ben. Okay, so um, Ben, uh, I, I found this question in my in my trivia cards. So this I don't know this this is kind of something that you might have to just know. Honestly, it is kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, although you you might get it though, because I think you can at least narrow it down to to a number of, of possible answers. So okay. here's my question: the first NBA game to be held outside of the United States. Was in what country? It's as simple as that. Dude, it's as simple as that. All right, so here's here's the good thing. You asked that question. That narrows it down to only a couple hundred different <laughs> options that <laughs> no. I can guess. So I have a no. chance. Um, because there's only you know a good you know I don't know 200 300 countries in this on this on this planet. So I it's a multiple choice question in that aspect. I no, guess. but like there's there's um, countries where basketball is obviously more popular. There's bigger countries. Yes, obviously I know and like countries. So, you know. So and I'm not even I'm not even gonna like hold back and not name them because I mean I'm gonna name I I can think of a bunch and I I gotta pick one. So obviously you got you know China, Japan, France, Germany. Spain, those are all ones that come to my mind. Mexico, I guess you could say. Maybe even Canada because they have a team. Um, that's a good question, Trevor. So my – I don't know, man. My my mind wants to just go, well, Canada, they, they, have, they have an NBA team. They have a franchise. I don't know when that franchise was found. Actually, I have a rough idea of when that franchise was founded. I don't know if there was an NBA game played overseas before that. Now is this a regular season game? Uh, shoo, I, I don't know. I can, like, I can, I can. Because I, like, I know they play. Like they've played. Trevor, no shot. They... You asked the hardest question that's been asked on this podcast, and then Ben's like, "Was it regular season?" You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, because I, I, I know for a fact they've they've played preseason games in like uh, Germany and France. Like I've seen them play preseason games overseas before in Europe. Um, so that's why I was curious. I would assume this question is a regular season game, which makes it even harder because I can't think of any regular season games other than Canada that have been played. Um, this is tough, Trevor, because there's a couple different ways I can go here in terms of, well, is it one that's kind of recent or is this one from like 1970 something that was a one-off played in Germany for some reason? Like, I don't know. Um, also, Trevor, if you can't tell, I'm stalling until I get an answer because I'm not guessing until I get an answer. <laughs> so, but if I it mean, makes guess, you feel any you know, better, I have, I have no clue. Yeah, this I question mean, is, I have Trevor, Trevor. Tre- no, cool. Trevor gets a question where the answer is Aaron freaking Rogers, and I got to guess. Yeah, like, this this was know. this was a rough one, Trevor. Hey, I got a question <clears throat> where the answer is going to be like Uzbekistan or something ridiculous. So, um, Here, we got to give what, an answer. What if I tell you this? Here, I'll get. Oh, I'll no, no. try to help you a little bit. Okay, so it. Well, I, I just want to know the answer so to the question. It, it was a, it was a regular season game. Okay. And it okay. was in 1990. 1990. Okay. Uh, between the Phoenix so. Suns and Utah Jazz, they were they were splitting a two game series, and one of them was in this country. All right, I, I have another country that came up that I have not said yet that I'm kind of thinking maybe could be the answer. I'm just gonna I just gotta guess one. Oh, man, this is tough. I want I'm leaning more towards guessing a country in Europe. Um, 1990. I'm, I'm also trying to think about hmm, yeah, politics, <laughs> relations, really international relations. I know, I'm, 
I know, I'm, th- I'm thinking international relations here. This is t- Trevor. This question's insane. Um, okay, I'm just gonna guess. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate my guess regardless. I'm just gonna guess France. My answer is France. Okay, uh, France is uh, not correct. Not the correct answer there, Brandon. I mean, there's just you have a chance there's to just steal no shot. Point. I'm gonna know this. I, I have a guess just because I know basketball is big there, and that's China. So I'll say China. And it, Ben, if you said China, I don't know what I would have said. So that's your final answer, China. Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's not China. Is it Australia? I was thinking is it, Australia. Is it Germany? <laughs> is it Spain? Is it why, Mexico? Why are you doing this? Why are you guys is doing this Canada? to yourself? You're just guessing all the wrong answers. Are any? They're all wrong. They're all uh, wrong. Is it Japan? There you go. Japan. The correct, the Dude, correct like, answer oh, is Japan. Japan. Okay. Uh, November second, nineteen ninety. Uh, the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns had a two-game series. Uh, they played back-to-back nights in Japan. Um, there were actually a decent amount of games throughout the 90s that were in Japan. Uh, 1990, those two. And then they, again, in 1992, 1994, 1996, there were uh, two-game yeah. series all held in Japan. So, yes, Japan is Well, that, that was a great question. Um, but, but, uh, Ben, it's now your turn to ask me a question. All right, Brandon, I promise you my question is not going to be that hard. Where, where was the very first basketball made? (laughs) (laughs) But this is going to require you to, uh, to know a little bit of college football history. All right, all right. I almost asked a college football history question too today. Brandon, who won, what college team won the very first BCS national championship? Okay. Not national. I should say this. Who won the very first BCS championship? And I'll tell you this, okay? The BCS championship, the first game was played in January of 1999. So the 1998 season, that season, they start what they started doing. They didn't have a championship game, but they would rotate between different bowl games, and that would be the championship, okay? So it was the Fiesta Bowl, 1999. What team won the very first BCS championship game? College program. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm asking you who won the national championship in '99. That's the question, essentially. Okay, I'm trying to remember anything from that time period, uh, and I really don't, frankly. I guess I'll give a guess because uh, I don't really know. I know a team that was good back then was Florida State, so I I will say Florida State is my guess. Here, I'm not very confident. Low confidence rating on that guess. But I know they were quite good in the early 90s. Uh, so we'll, we'll say, I believe it was Bobby Bowen. So I'll, 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 I'll say Florida State. Final answer. Brandon. Florida State is a fantastic guess, however you are incorrect. Okay. <laughs> but I will say the team, the correct answer, the team well, that wait, won wait, wait, beat Florida State in that Trevor's game. Guess. I know. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm just saying Florida State was not the answer because they lost that game. Oh. No. So you were close. You were close. They they were the they were the number two team in the country that year. But Trevor, for half a point, do you know who won that game against Florida State in nineteen ninety nine? Okay, so nineteen ninety nine national champion. When you first asked this question, I, I guess my my mind went to the best players during that time. It went to Heisman Trophy winners, and I, I don't know why it went there, but that's like where my mind went because I have a I think I have a better knowledge of like the Heisman Trophy history than the national champion history, I guess. I don't know. But there were two teams that came to my mind, and those two teams were USC and Oklahoma. Um, Oh, and also Miami. So three teams. Miami, Oklahoma, and uh, USC. Those were the three teams that came to my mind. I know Miami was obviously very good in, you know, like the early 2000s, 01, 02, 03. Obviously, USC – really started actually no you know what the answer is not usc i don't think because i think usc was actually um pretty bad until pete carroll stepped in which was maybe in like oh two so actually i don't really think it is usc because i think usc didn't really start their i I don't know if you i don't know if you could call it a dynasty but they were very good like 2002 2003 2004 you know those years and then you have oklahoma who obviously had some really talented players. They had quite a few really good teams, I think, around this time period. 
so I think it's one of those two teams. Now I might I might be it might be a team that I haven't even mentioned, which that would suck. Uh, but obviously that might be possible too. But I'm gonna just stick to those teams because those are the teams I'm I'm pretty confident in. Uh, so I don't I don't think USC is gonna be my guess. I think it's between Miami and Oklahoma. So they would have played Florida State. Man, if Miami and Florida State played each other in a national championship game, that game would have been insane. Like the the. The fan, like the build up to that game, would have been just nuts. I, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's Oklahoma. I, I'm gonna say Oklahoma. That that's the answer I'm submitting. Oklahoma is incorrect as well, Trevor. Um, the correct answer is the University of Tennessee, the mm. Volunteers. Oh, oh my god! They gosh. beat Florida State in that game by a score of twenty-three to sixteen. Now, Brandon, Florida State won the next year, so you were very, very close. Yeah, didn't they go to th- um, three straight? They did. Yeah. They lost in in ninety eight season. They won the next year. Then they lost the year oh, after that. To Oklahoma. But I thought of Tennessee um, too. But I two didn't. good guesses. I, I don't hate either of those guesses. But Tennessee was the answer there. Tennessee won the very good first question. ever BCS wow. championship. I like that question. That's a good question. Huh. All right, let's move on to our final topic for today, which is of course the NFL. We are in the playoffs. We had two amazing games yesterday that ended on game winning field goals. Very low scoring games. Uh, first up, Ben. I mean, come on, Bengals Titans nineteen sixteen. The Bengals are going. Back to the AFC Championship for the first time since 88. Is that correct? 88 season. Yes, 88 season. Um, So it has been a long time coming for that, almost 35 years. Uh, Ben, give me your thoughts on the game and how you feel, everything. Just give it, give it, lay it all out there. Man, so I'll tell you, and I I said this when the playoffs started. I I think the Bengals got a very fortunate draw in the playoffs in terms of they didn't have, they they theoretically weren't going to have to play. The Bills or the Chiefs, who I think a lot of people would say are the two best teams in the mm-hmm. AFC, until the AFC Championship game. The Bengals got lucky. They, they Because of the way it worked out, they got to play the Raiders the first round, two. again, I didn't think were that great in terms of playoff teams. Then they had to play, in my mind, if you're going to have an option to play the Titans, the Chiefs, or the Bills, I'm taking the Titans. Okay, They got lucky there, at least in my opinion, and you guys would probably agree with me. Um, so they were fortunate. They got a good draw. Um, them being the four seed actually worked out a lot better than if they were the two or the three seed in this in this case. Um but that being said, I, I was nervous going into this game just because, I mean, the Titans are one. They're the one seed. But two, they didn't play last week. I mean, you get a buy in the NFL. It's pretty valuable. Um, I guess some people could argue, well, your team gets out of sync and out of the rhythm. But whatever. Um, I was nervous going in, not going to lie. And then, you know, you get this whole Derrick Henry thing. And Derrick Henry is all you hear about leading up to this game. Um, and I think bottom line, what it came down to was Derrick Henry didn't play that well. Yeah, he had a touchdown. And he had, honestly, his biggest run was probably eight yards. Um, he really didn't do a whole lot in that game. Um, and then again, I think the biggest difference, and it's something I said last week, and maybe I should have taken it more into consideration when thinking about this game, was quarterback quarterback matchups in the playoffs. It, 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 you know, it seems like it kind of matters, and maybe the other game we'll talk about, it doesn't matter there. But Ryan Tannehill just didn't play well. He just wasn't good. I mean, he threw three picks, one on the first play of the game. Um, I mean, his stat line is is not impressive. I mean, 15 for 24, 200 yards, whatever. I guess he threw a touchdown. Honestly, his touchdown was a fantastic throw to Adrian Brown, fantastic throw. Um, but he just didn't play that well, and, and that was the difference. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans had nine sacks on Joe Burrow, um, but, I mean, Joe Burrow was essentially playing one on 11 because he wasn't. nobody was blocking him, or nobody was blocking for him. So the fact that the Tennessee Titans had three turnovers kind of negated the whole nine sacks that they had. Um, so I don't know, just impressive win. I, I didn't. I really didn't think it was going to happen. I, I sent you guys that screenshot I, I looked at after the game of my heart rate. My heart rate went up to about 175 <laughs> yep. for about two minutes there. And it, basically what happened is Tennessee Titans had the ball with, I don't know, a minute and a half left. They're, they're on their own 40. They're on their own 30. And what I'm, in my head what I'm thinking is Tennessee Titans are going to go down. They're going to kick a field goal to win. And what's going to hurt even more that it's going to be Fat Randy kicking that field goal, which was the Bengals kicker for the last five years. He was terrible for the Bengals when they were the worst they've ever been in franchise history. So the fact that he was going to beat them was going to break my heart even more. And when they get that pick with 20-whatever seconds left, Logan Wilson, five interceptions this year by a linebacker is, in my opinion, ridiculous. Um, my heart rate shoots up because right away I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have a chance to win it. And then, of course, you get a 52-yarder from Evan McPherson, who I'd like to point out. And, again, I, I'm going on here forever, so I'll stop talking in a second. I do like to point out, though, I remember vividly saying when we did our small baller fantasy football draft, I picked him as my kicker in the last round, and nobody was probably listening to me because it was the last round of the draft. We didn't care anymore. But I remember saying, Evan McPherson is ranked 20-whatever a kicker, and I remember telling you guys, he will be one of the best kickers in the NFL by the end of this year because there was so much hype about him going into this year. 
Um, and clearly, he's been a stud. He's 22 years old, and he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. So, shout out to the Bengals. I really didn't think they could do it, but then again, they got Joe Burrow. Anything's possible when you have Joe Burrow. So, I'm on top of the world. I could talk about this for an hour, but I will stop talking, and I will let you guys weigh in if you feel like it. Go ahead, Trevor. You're all up. Yeah, I'll go I'll go quickly. Um, I, I did think the Titans were going to win this game, but I expected it to be really close. Um, the thing I expected to happen, which did happen, was the you know pressure that the Titans D line got on Burrow. How I mean, how many times was he sacked Ben? Like not like nine or ten? Yeah, nine, nine, nine times. times. So I I, I expected that. What I didn't expect was I didn't expect the Bengals to do as good of a job as to stop the run as they did. Honestly, like I expected Derrick Henry uh, to go for. I mean, he had sixty two yards on twenty carries. That's only a three point one average. I expected Derrick Derrick Henry to have over a hundred yards rushing. I expected like a game where Tennessee kind of just controlled the clock, and ultimately uh, the Bengals would have a really tough time stopping the run. Uh, now the Titans still almost won, but Ryan Tannehill was just playing kind of like kind of awful in this game. I mean, there were a couple dumb interceptions. Obviously, the one was an amazing play by uh, Hinton that you know tipped the ball, got the interception. I mean, just what what an insane defensive play that was. Got to give credit to him. That was an incredible play. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Bengals were able to move the ball enough, enough with obviously Joe Burrow playing. You know, I, I still thought Joe Burrow had a had a good game. Obviously, you look at his, you look at the box score, you look at the stats, and you just see Joe Burrow had zero touchdowns and one interception. You're like, oh, you might think that's a bad game, but the interception was not his fault. It was P Ryan's fault by far. He, he had a horrible, like weird tip right into the, you know, the the cornerbacks. You know, arms. Which honestly, there was a debate about whether that was that ball hit the ground. And it was an incompletion or an interception. I thought it was an incompletion. I didn't think it was an interception, but you know, regardless, it was a very tough call. And obviously, on the field, they called it an interception. You know, tough to overturn calls like that when it's that close. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to uh, like the Bengals did enough on defense to slow down the run, and then Joe Burrow was uh, a about twenty times better playing the quarterback position than Ryan Tannehill was. I mean, they put up a, a stat or the, or they put up like a little uh they put up a little graphic that had like Joe Burrow stats, like his completions and attempts versus Tannehill and then they put like time sacked. And I think at the time it was like Burrow was 7 and I think Tannehill was 1 or something. And and that's just like very telling. That just shows you how much better Joe Burrow is than Ryan Tannehill. Like it's not close at all. Um and then obviously, uh, you know, sometimes you know, in games like this, the kicker could be the difference. And in this game, it, it was. McPherson was awesome. He made all of his kicks, uh, some pretty clutch ones, uh, to say the least. And, and that was the difference, you know, since he moves on to the AFC Championship. Yeah, this this game was uh, was was quite interesting. I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals, so I'm happy that they won. I predicted them to win. I told my buddy to bet on them. Um, I don't gamble at all, but I told my buddy, I was like, you should bet on him. I have a good feeling. Um, and, you know, the Bengals won to go in the AFC Championship. Let's move to the second game of the day. We had Niners-Packers. This one I didn't get as right. I thought the Packers would win, um, but the Niners pulled it off. It really seems like the Niners just have all these amazing weapons, and they just kind of get it done, you know? Uh, you know, the weapons that Rodgers missed out on seemed to really hurt him in this game. And the Packers are going into an offseason filled with a ton of uncertainty. $45 million above the cap, and Rodgers might not be there. It's a lot going on for them, but let's stick to the game. 13-10, the Niners win. Uh, ben, I'll start with you again. What do you think about this game? Yeah, so it's one of those things where I think the reason why the Niners were able to come away, because clearly, I mean, they had a huge mismatch in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the Packers are the better team. I mean, let's be honest. All, all year, the Packers are the better team. Yes, the Niners have weapons, but, I mean, the Packers have been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL all year. I mean, again, they were the one seed. I think, <coughs> excuse me, what it came down to, and a big reason why the Niners were able to win, is because it was an ugly game. And by ugly, I mean it was a it was a rough, um, kind of old-school game. There was not a lot of points, obviously. There was one offensive touchdown the whole game, and it was the first drive of the game by the Packers. Um, and I think the weather at the end had a big factor in it, in terms of the, the snow was picking up. The field was very, very slick by the end. It was, it was kind of be, starting to be covered in, in, in a uh, like a like a, a snowy surface. So, I think that helped the the Niners in terms of it kind of neutralized what Aaron Rodgers could do, and it kind of, in my opinion, decreased the gap between Garoppolo and Rodgers. 
because you're playing such an ugly defensive battle, I think that is a big reason why it kind of swung towards the the Niners' favor. And obviously, like we saw, special teams are important. We saw that in the Bengals game. Special teams are important, man. And the, the Packers having a blocked punt that's returned for a touchdown, and they have a, a blocked field goal attempt at the end of the first half. I mean, that's 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 the game right there. That's that's the difference in, in a win versus a loss for the Packers or those two uh, special teams plays right there. So um, I just think the Niners won the way that they that they had to win. Because if you're getting into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to win. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win a shootout against Aaron Rodgers. So because it was this ugly defensive game, I think that, that played to the favor of the 49ers. And obviously, um, they were able to make plays at the end of the game that the, that the Packers couldn't. And they came away with the win. Um, very impressive win. And again, it seems like the, the Niners have, have kind of owned Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs recently. I saw a Niners fan tweet literally yesterday that the Niners didn't even draft Aaron Rodgers. And he's basically handed them four playoff wins in their franchise to the Niners. So um, credit to the Niners, man. They, they have weapons, and yes, their quarterback it might be a concern when, they, when they're, they got their next game, whoever it's going to be against. But at least for yesterday, they were able to to do what it took to win, and that's kind of all you need to do in the playoffs is you got to survive in advance, and that's what they, that's what they did. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really quite like a, you know, amazing to see Rodgers just fall again. So – you know, Rodgers has not been good in the playoffs, Trevor. Uh, what do you think is there for him moving forward? Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the post-game interview, it, it was kind of the same type of thing. But honestly, I, I think I remember him saying something similar last year of like, you know, we're going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, weigh all my decisions. Obviously, it seems like there's changes that need to happen in the Packers organization. You know, like some of these guys... Like, you know, I don't know. Like, he wasn't necessarily saying, like, some of these guys might not be here, but he was basically like, you know, changes probably are going to be made, and I'm not really necessarily all that interested in a rebuild. So, you know, we'll kind of see. I'll definitely take my time to make a decision. Um, I I have thought all year, and I still maintain this, that, that Rodgers is not going to be a Green Bay Packer next year. I didn't – I mean, I didn't really think he was going to be a Green Bay Packer this year, which obviously I was wrong about that. Um, but – I, I still do not think he's going to play with the team uh, next year. Just like all the bad blood, it seems pretty clear that um, he, he wants to try to find a better situation. Uh, but I don't know. Can he find a better situation? Like the Packers do have, you know, a pretty good situation. Like they have a good offense. They have a pretty good, pretty good weapons around him. The defense at least was better this year than it was last year um, overall. So I don't know. I, I think there are certainly other options out there. Like you have Denver, you have, you know, I guess the Steelers, um, maybe the Browns, like you have other situations like this, the Colts, right, where Aaron Rodgers could be very useful. And you could argue maybe that situation would be better for him than the Packers, but I'm not I'm not so sure. I, I don't I don't really know. I think it's hard to know for sure, um, with that situation, but it's definitely gonna be uh, another another off season worth of you know rumors and drama swirling uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so so that will be really interesting. Um, and then obviously just with this game, I agree with pretty much everything Ben said. I mean, it, you know, as much as people are like, oh, going up to Lambeau with the cold weather, like that's going to be tough. Uh, this game, I mean, the weather favored the 49ers 100%. They're the tougher team. They have the better defense. Uh, and, and that's been proven, you know, kind of again and again. So this, the cold weather and stuff, it doesn't really even favor the Packers that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree. It, well, I, I kind of agree because, I mean, the Packers play in the cold weather all the time. Uh, so, you know, Rodgers is used to playing in it. But, you know, Niners came in. They did what had to be done to win. Let's get on to the two games coming up, get a little bit of a predictions going. Uh, starting with a three o'clock game, Bucks Rams. Trevor, I know you're probably not gonna do this game. I will. I got the Bucks winning this one. I honestly don't even think it's gonna be that close. I say the Bucks really? win by ten, which I know. Try, I know you're gonna be like, oh, uh, uh, I'm a little superstitious. Just, no, no, I mean, no, the Bucks no. are just a better team. I'm not team. superstitious anymore. Remember last last week, I said no more, no more super superstitious. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm fully. Alright, so what's your prediction? What's your prediction? The Rams are gonna win. The Rams are gonna win. <laughs> The Rams are going to win. Really? I that's what I believe. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks could totally win, but I I think the Rams are going to win. Looking at, you know, some of the injuries that have transpired with the Bucks, no Godwin, no Antonio Brown. You look at Tristan Wirfs, him getting injured last week, you know, 
There's still questions about how well the offensive line is going to hold up. I mean, you have Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd all, you know, coming after Tom Brady with an offensive line that, you know, is a little, it's a little questionable after last week for sure, I think. That's pretty dangerous. And then you add to that Matthew Stafford, the way he looked last week, and not only last week, like we've seen Matthew Stafford all year. Like people like to talk about Matthew Stafford in his bad games and playing maybe not quite as well to end the season. But in general, I still really believe in Matthew Stafford. And with the weapons he has, yes, there's no Robert Woods, but you have Cooper Cup, the best route runner in the NFL. You have Odell Beckham Jr., who's looked pretty pretty darn good, I would say. Um, so they certainly have some weapons. I mean, Cam Akers. Cam Akers was incredible last week. Oh, he was great. I mean, he was so good. So looking at the weapons that Matthew Stafford has around him, certainly better than I think what Brady has uh, You know, with him. I think that uh, offense with the Rams can really take advantage of the Bucks secondary so long as, um, you know, Stafford has enough. Well, he will have enough time. I think um, really, I think the biggest thing that the Bucks need to do is they need to stop the run. If they stop the run, they certainly could win. Um, but if the Rams are able to establish a balance attack, that's more unpredictable where they can, you know, Cam Akers is running the ball pretty well and all of a sudden they can do play action and throw it down the field to Odell, you know, for 40 yards. Like, I'm, I'm very nervous about Odell Beckham one-on-one coverage down the field against whatever Bucks cornerback it is. I think Odell might win those matchups. So I think it's going to be a tough matchup um, for the Bucks. This was not the matchup I wanted. I would have preferred the Cowboys or Cardinals, but they got the Rams, and I think the Rams are going to win. Interesting, interesting. Ben, do you agree? With me or Trevor? I do. I, I agree with Trevor. Wow. Um, and I agree with everything you said because when I think of the Rams, I, there's two things I think of. I think of their weapons on the outside on offense. Buccaneers' secondary is atrocious at the moment. Um, and I think of the Rams' defensive line. Buccaneers have issues on their offensive line with Jensen and with uh, the Worse, uh, whatever yeah. the tackle's name is that Trevor said that's out. Yeah, so, I mean, I again, I, I think the two strong suits for the Rams are both weaknesses for the Buccaneers. So I actually think the Rams are going to win this game. Um, and again... The, the Rams have a strong defensive line, and the Buccaneers are having issues on their offensive line. And Tom Brady's not necessarily a quarterback that's getting out of some pressure. You touch Tom Brady, he's going down. Um, so I think it might be a long day for Tom Brady with, with Aaron Donald, with Von Miller, and with that, with that defensive front for the Rams. Because if they can get to Tom Brady, I get it. Tom Brady's good, and he can get the ball out of his hands. But if I think what's going ha- to happen is what I think is going to happen, then Tom Brady's going to have a long day, and he might be on the ground a lot. Yeah, it's uh, – I. I think the Bucks are going to win. I, I still think they're going to win. They're just the better team. Um, and it's minus three. The line's minus three. So we, we got close lines here. Let's let's wrap it up with the final game, Ben. I'm going to start with you. Bills and Chiefs, who do you have? It's a tough one. Man, dude, I, I have no idea. I, I really have no idea. And I've gone back and forth so many times. And my philosophy is always it's so hard to beat a team twice in one season. So, like, naturally, I always want to pick the team that lost the first time if they played that year. So, like, I think – it's easier to take the Chiefs, and I guess they're technically a favorite. It's one point, so it's really it's almost a pick them. But Chiefs at home, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs at home. But I don't know, man. I just think there's something about the Bills this year. I just think they kind of have what, whatever it is. They kind of have it, and they just strike me as a team that they're they're destined to win the Super Bowl this year. So I'm going to go against everything I believe in. It's in, it's so hard to win a road playoff game. It's hard to beat a team twice in one season. I think the Bills are going to be able to accomplish both those this year. I'm going to take the Bills in this game. Um, and again, I don't really know why. I just there's something about the Bills. I like the Bills, and maybe part of it is I think as a Bengals fan, I'd rather play the Bills than the Chiefs. But um, there's something about the Bills, man. And I, maybe it's just I, I I'm pulling for them because I want to see them win. Um, because I love Josh Allen, and I, I like what they're doing there in Buffalo. They're awesome fans. So I think I'm I'm gonna go with the Bills in this game. But it's not gonna be easy, man. Chiefs are a good team, and they've they've turned it on as of late. And that stadium's gonna be rocking. And I hopefully it's an awesome game. But for the sake of, of picking a team, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills in this one. It's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be real close. I don't even know, like, who I want to win this game, much less who I think is going to win. I mean, the line's minus I, one. Honestly, Chiefs. I just think, and not to interrupt no, you, but I think, I don't. again, I kind of agree with you. I don't really care who wins. I just want to see a great game. That's what I'm pulling for. Yeah, I, I think it will be a good game. These are two really, really great football teams. Um, I, I'm not even sure who to pick. Trevor, who, who do you think is going to win? So... I, I get to stick with uh, my Super Bowl pick. I, I have to stick with what I said, and I do still believe that the Bills are going to win, so I'm sticking with that. Um, now that the Packers are out, I think the Bills probably are going to win the Super Bowl, 
Um, now the Rams, we'll, we'll see how the Rams play today. We'll see how the Bucks Rams game goes because I don't want to count the Rams. And honestly, I don't know if I'm totally counting out the Bucks either because Tom Brady has done some pretty incredible things. Um, frankly, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm counting out the Niners or, or Bengals necessarily either because this year it's just so insane. Uh, it's so wide open, which has made these playoffs so great. But I do think the Bills are going to win this game um, on on their path to a Super Bowl uh, victory. Um, I think ultimately, like, yes, like you could look at it and say, well, the the Bills' defense, like Tredavious White, he's out for the year. He was very important. Is that going to come back to bite them now that they have to go against Patrick Mahomes, who is probably still the best quarterback in the NFL? I mean, we could debate that. But having Mahomes with Hill and Kelsey, it, it's always the same thing. You know, you're like, they can just turn it on. And when they turn it on, it's it's hard to stop. But with the Bills' offense, I think their offense has become increasingly uh, dynamic over the past few weeks um, mm-hmm. with the fact that their running game now finally seems to be you know, you know, know, coming into form. I mean, last week against the Patriots, I believe they had 174 rushing yards. Devin Singletary uh, had like 80 or 90. So it seems like they finally have that layer added to the fact that their passing game was unstoppable last week. And Josh Allen has his own, you know, uh, added layer of his ability to run the ball, which is just like so many different ways that they can beat you. And I think that Chiefs defense really all season, I I've, haven't really fully trusted, similar to the Cowboys defense, which all year I, I also did not trust. So I expect a shootout, and I think a lot of times when we have two quarterbacks like this, we always expect a shootout, and sometimes it doesn't actually happen. But I do think this one will be a shootout, and I just, I don't know. I, I have a gut instinct. I think the Bills are going to get it done. I think all the ways they can beat you, I think it's going to be too much for the Chiefs. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. Both of these games will be great games. Um, but I think we'll kind of wrap up the podcast there for today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate all the support. Of course, follow us on Twitter by clicking the link in the description or going to at the small baller on Twitter. Um, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave that five star review if you enjoyed. With that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!